Folks, everyone knows the next medical crisis is just around the corner. Whether it comes in the form of a pandemic or something much more mundane like a tick bite, you and your family need to be prepared. That's what we learned from this last pandemic, right? That's where the wellness company comes in. You know the wellness company. We have their great doctors like Dr. Peter McCullough on all the time on our shows. The wellness company and their doctors are medical professionals that you can trust. And the new medical emergency kits are the gold standard when it comes to keeping you safe and healthy, and most importantly, prepared. Be ready for anything. This medical emergency kit contains an assortment of life-saving medications, including ivermectin and z The medical emergency kit provides a guidebook to aid in the safe use of all of these life-saving medications. So you know what you're doing. From anthrax to tick bites to COVID and even the bioweapon like the plague, the wellness company's medical emergency kit is exactly what you need to have on hand to be prepared. Rest assured knowing that you have emergency antibiotics, antivirals, and antiparasitics on hand to keep you and your family safe from whatever the globalists throw your way. Go to www.twchealth/justnews today in order. That's twc.health/justnews and use the promo code justnews to save 10%. America and welcome to the Wednesday edition of John Solomon Reports, a podcast from Just the News. Well, the cannon smoke is still clearing from Capitol Hill, where yesterday, for the first time in American history, a United States Speaker of the House was fired by a motion to vacate. Yep, Matt Gates succeeded because all Democrats joined eight Republicans and they ousted Kevin McCarthy as Speaker after nine short months, albeit turbulent months, in charge of the House. Kevin McCarthy says he's not going to try to reclaim the job. Might even consider retiring from Congress at some point. Meanwhile, the real battle now is for who is going to succeed him. Two big names shaping up to form coalitions. The first is Steve Scalise, currently the majority leader, the number two to Kevin McCarthy. He's the man who survived that horrible shooting on a baseball field, an American hero there. He recovered with grace. And then, of course, he's battling blood cancer right now. But even while undergoing cancer treatment, he showed up on the Hill yesterday to make one last impassioned plea to save Kevin McCarthy from the vote. It didn't work, but it showed the resilience that this man who's been through so much has done. He's going to be one of the top candidates for speaker. The other one that jumped in today, somebody you know pretty well because he shows up on this show often, House Judiciary Committee Chairman Jim Jordan, one of the founders of the House Freedom Caucus, one of the darlings of the conservatives in the caucus. He has thrown his hat in the ring. A lot of people already lining up behind that, including Matt Gates, the man who led the rebel rebellion against Kevin McCarthy just a few hours ago. That is the big story. The current timetable, there is a candidate form on Tuesday where candidates can give their positions and debate each other. And then on Wednesday, it is expected the first vote will be held. Will it be like Kevin McCarthy, 15, 20 votes before we get a winner? Or will it happen real quickly? We don't know. But I'll tell you one thing we do know. Our good team, led by Nick Ballacy at Just the News, will be reporting day and night to keep you on top of those big stories. Hey, another story. There was a big shooting in Baltimore last night, a city that instituted lots of liberal policies and now can't get rid of violent crime. Five people wounded on Morgan State University's campus, a college campus that's had several shootings over the last few years. That is a disappointing development in Baltimore, but it's part of a larger theory. As you know, Washington, D.C. is one of those cities that went woke with its crime policies. Congress stopped some of them, but not all of them. Los Angeles, San Francisco, Philadelphia, everywhere you go, you now see 
residents and citizens, sometimes liberals themselves, victimized by criminals who are taking advantage of the liberals' soft on crime policies. We have it all over. We've had two Democratic members in Congress undergo heinous or under heinous crimes. Rep. Henry Quellar from Texas carjacked at the Navy Yard this week. A couple months earlier, a female congresswoman from Minnesota assaulted in the elevator of her D.C. apartment. Several congressional staffers severely beaten or wounded. All of those were heinous moments. And what it really shows is that the people who advocated this soft on crime, let people loose, don't crack down, defund the police policies, they're becoming victims of their own policy. A great story on that issue this morning by our good friend, Natalia Middlestat, who did a really nice job on it. Now, some other things to keep an eye on. Stephen Richards, one of my great investigative reporters, he used to work for Peter Schweitzer, now works for me. He did a great story taking a look at the interview that Congress released last week with an escort who was servicing Hunter Biden. She expressed some concern about fear because of who his father was. A lot of strange stuff in which you also learned the reason the interview was done by the FBI was that the U.S. government prosecutors were considering prosecuting Hunter Biden under the Mann Act. Mann Act prevents interstate trafficking of humans. So just think about that. The son of a president was suspected of human trafficking, something we first heard from Senator Ron Johnson in 2020. They called him a conspiracy theory. He was right. He was right. That story is also on Just the News today. Well, we're going to make the focus of today's show all about the incredible drama still playing out on Capitol Hill. Up in just a moment, former House Speaker Newt Gingrich, he knows a thing or two about how Congress runs. He has some harsh words for the eight Republicans, also has some predictions about where this will end up. We'll have him at the top of the show. And then it's AMAC Wednesday. That's right. Our friends at the Association for Mature American Citizens. We've got a big announcement. You know what? Together, with in partnership with Real America's Voice, the television station, Just the News in AMAC we are starting a candidate town hall series. Several of the top 2024 presidential candidates are going to sit down for one-hour interviews with AMAC and me at Just the News and going to be aired nationally on Real America's Voice. The first one, less than 24 hours away, tomorrow night, Thursday, in Washington, D.C., we have an exclusive interview with Vivek Ramaswamy, the youngest of the candidates. He's under 40 years old, a successful billionaire uh, CEO now running for president and catching a lot of attention, particularly among young voters who want to see a generation change in political leadership. Vivek Ramaswamy Thursday, Donald Trump Friday. Next week, we'll get Governor Burgum. We're counting on a week after that. Governor DeSantis. We're still trying to get Nikki Haley, Mike Pence, and Tim Scott. We're going to chase all of them down. But what a great lineup of interviews we're going to do over the next few weeks. We're very proud of that. Substance, an opportunity to get your questions answered from people who aspire to be the next president of the United States. That's pretty cool. All right, we'll take a quick commercial break. When we come back, Newt Gingrich to talk about the moment, the historic moment that occurred on Capitol Hill and what flows from it in the next few weeks. We'll have that right after these messages. Hey, folks, if you're a homeowner and you're like me, you want to protect your home, right? But when's the last time you checked on the title to your home? If you never have, listen to this. A new report on homeowners shows we all now have $16 trillion in equity. That's an all-time high in America. That's why you need protection from a scam the FBI calls house stealing. That's when the equity in all of our homes is the target, sadly, of scammers. If nobody's watching the title to your home, these scammers can transfer your title to their name, take out loans, and your equity could be gone. Poof, gone. 
You have to protect your equity from this despicable crime right now with triple lock protection from my good friends at HomeTitleLock.com. The first step is to check on your home's title to see if it's still in your name. Sign up with your address at HomeTitleLock.com and be sure to use the promo code JUSTNEWS. They're going to send you a complete title scan of your home's title and your first 30 days of triple lock home title protection. That's legendary protection, by the way. It's free. HomeTitleLock.com. Use the promo code JUSTNEWS. One more time. Go to HomeTitleLock.com today and protect your most important asset, the equity in your home. You know what, folks? Stress may be why you can't lose weight. If you've got moderate to high stress like I do, a doctor-formulated weight loss supplement called Lean could be your solution. Chronic stress wreaks havoc on blood sugar, which can cause your body to store excess fat. Stress can also slow your metabolism, which fuels weight gain. And you know all about stress eating and sugar cravings, right? Now the good news. The studied ingredients in lean have been shown to help maintain healthy blood sugar levels, help optimize metabolism, and keep your appetite under control. Now, if your life is a bit stressful like mine and you want to lose weight, Add lean to your healthy diet and exercise lifestyle. Now get 15% off and free shipping at takelean.com. That's takelean.com and enter the promo code JUSTNEWS15. That's the promo code JUSTNEWS15 at takelean.com. One more time, takelean.com. Statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease, and it's not a substitute or alternative for care from a healthcare provider. All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. Yes, the smoke is still clearing on Capitol Hill. The historic significance, the potential ramifications for not only the Republican Party, but for the country at large still kind of uh, emerging from that smoke. I thought I'd go to one of the true experts, not only on history, but on Congress. He ran the Congress during one of its most successful times. We actually had a balanced budget under him. Joining us right now, the former Speaker of the House, Newt Gingrich. Newt, great to have you back on the show. Well, it's great to be with you, and there's certainly a lot to talk about. Oh, my goodness, there is. First off, I know how frustrated you felt yesterday watching this play out. Just tell us what you think went right and wrong yesterday. Well, I don't think much went right. I mean, I think from the standpoint of Republicans who believe in the Republican Party, the fact that 96% of the Republicans voted for Kevin McCarthy tells you something about McCarthy's real strength and what he delivered. And the fact that eight Republicans, they were outnumbered 24 to 1, eight Republicans decided they were so pure, so smart, so patriotic, that they could side with the Democrats to defeat the Republican Speaker and still pretend that they're Republicans, uh, I think it poses a huge problem for the party. The margin is so narrow that if you're going to get up every morning knowing that eight guys feel comfortable trying to destroy you, I mean, how are you going to govern? Uh, they, they have psychologically made uh, the Democratic leader the uh, Speaker of the House. It, it is remarkable. It took the Democrats. I mean, really, the Democrats made the day yesterday. It was their day. Well, that's right. I mean, if I, if I were the Democrats... I would, I would probably try to make sure that gets got some kind of trophy for best supporting player. I've, I've told people, if you, you know, as a, as a university of Georgia fan, imagine Georgia's playing Alabama and four of the Georgia offensive linemen tackle their own quarterback. I mean, that's what we saw. So the, the, the challenge now is to figure out, I mean, I think Kevin did the right thing as, as a Patriot who cares about the country. He didn't want to put his team through it again. And frankly, as long as these eight guys are totally irrational, uh, it, he probably couldn't make it work. Uh, we'll see whether anybody else can make it work. 
because, uh, you know, remember, there are 19 members who come or 18 members who come from districts that Joe Biden carried. Uh, now, their, their, their view is dramatically different from people who come from 60 or 70 percent Republican districts. And uh, trying to hold that all together when your entire when your total margin is four or five, uh, and I, I'm assuming that McCarthy will probably resign, which will give them uh, until there's a special election, another vacancy and another you know another absence on the Republican side. Yeah, uh, I think there's even rougher road ahead. And and uh, I wanted to get you are a student of history. And you and you are a historian yourself. I mean, you really put things into larger perspective. Republicans were about to enter into an extraordinary moment. Uh, the polls show that they're preferred 60 to 40 percent on the economy and foreign policy. Uh, uh, Joe Biden's numbers at an all time low. The Biden scandal has finally connected to uh, the American public because of the work McCarthy and the chairman did. And uh, by the way, J uh, Kevin McCarthy last night gave the best three minute explanation for what Joe Biden did wrong. The best that anyone's ever done. All of that was moving in the Republican direction. How much does this slow that uh, momentum? And I know you're always fixing things. How do you get it back on track? Well, th those are two different questions. I mean, I think the long term historic momentum doesn't change because in the life of the average American, whoever the Speaker of the House is, is a very secondary or tertiary issue. What matters is, what did you pay for gasoline? I paid, I think, four eighty-five this morning. And that's in Virginia, California. I think it's now $8 in some parts of California. Now people go to the grocery store, they can't afford it. They look at the cost of buying a new house, they can't afford it. They look at a border that's so crazy, even the Democratic mayor of New York is going to the border. Uh, the governors of the Democratic governors of Massachusetts and Illinois have both said it's a crisis. Uh, they look at the fentanyl killing more Americans per year than we lost in the entire Vietnam War. And they look at the Biden Democrats as people who are crazy, uh, that just they're totally out of touch with reality. And every week they do something stupid and something that hurts the country. So, I mean, the long term pattern for Republicans is going to remain good, even though I do think that the, the Biden team is going to try to literally physically lock up Donald Trump. And I, I'm trying to warn people they need to be thinking about this. Uh, I mean, Trump is the de facto nominee of the Republican Party. He will be the leader of one of the two great parties. The idea that he might be locked up by his opponent is so un-American, so unpatriotic uh, that it's just it, it's crazy to think about it. So you have to put the speaker's fight in that larger context. The speaker's fight's very big in Washington. Uh, it's very important. It's important historically for the country because it is the person uh, second in line to be president after the vice president. It is the only person in the legislative branch named in the Constitution. Uh, and getting the House to work. I mean, the tragedy was McCarthy was leading a conservative House. And as you know, because you covered it, uh, they brought up a conservative continuing resolution that cut spending 8 percent. The right wingers voted no. And ironically, the people from the Biden districts voted yes. They then brought up a uh, continuing resolution actually designed by the Freedom Caucus that cut spending by 30 percent. Uh, the moderates voted yes. Uh, and these guys who were totally out of touch with reality voted no. Uh, and so then they got mad at Biden. What I love is they got mad at, at McCarthy for working with Democrats. So they sided with the Democrats to defeat McCarthy. I mean, think about the great irony here. Here is Getz on the floor of the House saying, well, he talked with the Democrats. He's talking from the Democratic side of the House. And his only hope of winning is the Democrats.
And that's where we are. And I frankly, I, if I was asked for advice by whoever wins the speaker's race, and they're going to have three or four or five good candidates. And so I understand that Steve Scalise, who's a terrific human being, the majority leader, Jim Jordan, who's been remarkably effective, uh, the judiciary chairman, uh, you know, I mean, they're going to have several really good candidates. And I thought, frankly, Tom Cole did an amazing job yesterday as the rules chairman managing it. He's just a terrific guy. He did it with dignity at a tough moment. So you, you don't, as the conference talks to itself, and I gather they're going to have sort of a uh, an opportunity to, to chat with all the potential candidates on Tuesday and a vote on Wednesday, uh, they'll, they'll pick somebody. And, and, and look, power does not have a vacancy very long. I mean, there are no vacuums when power is involved. People fill it. So somebody will show up as speaker. I've, I've been talking with Joe Gaylord, who's been my partner in this business since the early 1980s, and i got to tell you, Neither of us has a clue if we were in charge how we would try to manage it. I mean, if you have a if you have a four or five vote margin, and as I said, if Kevin actually resigns, that margin gets even smaller. And you have eight people who are going to be strutting around the house thinking, "Ha, huh, I beat the last speaker, and I can beat you." Well, how do you how do you lead that? I mean, I think it's a very big problem, and I think there's a fifty fifty chance that will lead the next speaker and the conference to decide we're working with the Democrats and we're cutting you guys out. And we don't need your vote. We don't want your vote. Uh, and I would not be at all surprised to see them say, you you eight shouldn't come to conference meetings because you're not loyal Republicans and the conference is for loyal Republicans. Yeah, that would be, a, that would be quite a... a but that's just me. I mean, look, I'm, I'm very tough about this stuff. I'm, I, I've spent my entire career trying to build the Republican Party and I'm sick of, of, of egocentric jerks who think that their ego is more important than the parties as a team. Is there a possibility that after getting what they wanted, which was just to put a scalp on their belt, that they quickly fold and fall back in line because they know they've run out of capital? I mean, you can tell, no, no chance. Huh? <laughs> psychologically, psych, I mean, psychologically, you know, they're going to they're, they're, they're be, they'll be pleasant for about three weeks. But the truth is that Guess is making, raising all of his money for governor's race. And is, he's now the champion of everybody in the hard right who hates Washington and thinks Washington's terrible and has and has no notion of how complicated and how hard it is. Uh, and so they're going to all send him money. And he has every vested interest in remaining a maverick. Uh, and, uh, and I'm sure as, as big as his ego was before yesterday, I'm amazed it even fits into the House chamber today. <laughs> that's, a, that's a big ego because it's a big building. There's no doubt about it. Um, Meanwhile, it seems to be uh, an extraordinary uh, movement in the presidential race. The sentiments of the nation seem to be setting up for a significant change of leadership in 2024. Uh, it's kind of amazing given all of the adversity that President Trump currently faces at the hands of his Democratic rivals. Uh, what message do you think the Americans are sending by every time something happens with Donald Trump, he goes up in popularity, he's consolidating support day by day. Uh, is it that they're willing to look beyond flaws and political disputes and say, I just like that guy's record better? Well, look, I think I think there are a couple of things going on. One, Trump is not a candidate. He's the leader of a movement. And the emotional bond between movements and leaders is a totally different phenomenon than the bond between voters and candidates. Two, for an amazing number of Americans, uh, Biden is now just unthinkable. I mean, both NBC and, and Washington Post ABC, both polls Sunday a week ago, said uh, the Post poll had 62 percent of Democrats wanted somebody other than Biden. 
the NBC poll had 59% of Democrats wanted somebody other than Biden. So just this, the sheer drift away from them. And then third, the amount of earned media, you know, all these other candidates for the nomination cannot raise enough money to get 1% of the penetration that Trump gets out of earned media every morning. So he's just, he is such a dominating figure that if he walks into a courtroom in New York and what is clearly an absurdity, uh, clearly totally partisan, clearly corrupt. It's covered wall to wall, though. You know, you're going to see Donald Trump all day. And so, uh, I, I, I mean, I personally, I said the other day, no more, no more debates. This is over. Let's focus on beating the Democrats because I think Trump is the nominee. I don't, I don't even think it's, I think there's no practical, honest question, but he is the nominee. Yeah, and I think that became even more clear last week at the debate. There's just no one on that stage that looks capable of taking out Joe Biden the way Donald Trump's going to take it out. And that, that's an assessment I heard from Democrats and Republicans alike. I mean, a lot of talent on the stage, a lot of future talent there, but um, no one's in the in the position to take this on for next year. Um, you know, I want to ask about one other thing, because you often are able to take complex things and make them understandable to people in ways that resonate in our lives. The Joe Biden corruption scandal is actually much bigger than Joe Biden. I think you were the first person to say this. It's Barack Obama. It's Hillary Clinton. Heck, it's Jamal Bowman pulling a fire alarm because he thinks he can get some advantage with that. Uh, the culture of corruption that the Democrats now represent. We've got Senator Menendez. You've got the, the incredible scandal in the Illinois House that uh, no, not the mainstream media barely covers, but it is a one of the largest bribery schemes I've ever seen. How important is it for uh, Republicans to message appropriately that when people vote, there's a chance to throw out this sort of bribery culture that Democrats represent? Well, I think it's really important. And I've been writing a series at the American Spectator on the origins of the current crisis. And it, it'll ultimately be about 30 articles. I'm doing one a week. Uh, because I, it occurred to me, uh, largely because of the impact it had on me, of reading Andy McCarthy's remarkable book on ball of uh, corruption, uh, that when you know when you go back and you look at this stuff, um, it's just unbelievable. And uh, I think it absolutely includes Obama. It absolutely includes Hillary. But it goes all the way back into the 60s and 70s and the rise of the people who trained Obama. Uh, and so I, I think it's important to recognize. This has been a very long wave of left-wing change that starts around 1959 or 60, gains momentum, disappears for a little while under Nixon and again Reagan, then comes working its way back. And uh, Trump, of course, is is, is the, terrifying to these people because he represents the end of their world. Uh, he's the most effective anti-left candidate in my lifetime. Even as an anti-left candidate, he's even more effective than Reagan. And... Uh, the result is that they understand this is life and death. Yeah, no, it's exactly right. It is that, that the stakes are just so high. Um, one last thing, the economy. Uh, there is an opportunity right now if they do cut spending in the next 45 days and address the border, there'll be something for Republicans literally to go to the uh, ballot box next year and say, hey, with almost impossible circumstances, we got some stuff done. How important is it to get back to that deal that Kevin McCarthy had that those eight kind of bucked? Well, I, look, I, I think it's important for the country. I do think it's going to be interesting to watch. You know, McCarthy had really encouraged the Budget Committee Republicans to produce a 10 years track to get to an actual balanced budget, which when you start with $33 trillion in debt uh, is a major, major achievement. And I would say that Jody Arrington as chairman and the team did a great job 
And uh, getting that to the floor, voting on that, getting it passed will be a major achievement and one that the next speaker is going to have to take very seriously. Yeah, no, that's definitely a key thing. Mr. Speaker, I know how busy you are. It's such an honor to have you on the show, to have the wisdom. Uh, Republicans, we got to get this right. we got to get this next moment right. But what a great, uh, great opportunity to speak to you today. Thank you so much. Thank you. Take care. All right, folks, don't go anywhere. When we come back, Bobby Charles from AMAC. Remember, if you want to join AMAC and say thank you for their support of Just the News, thank you for their support of this new town hall series we're doing with the presidential candidates, go to amac.us slash justnews, amac.us slash justnews. You'll get a discount on a membership. Go join and match me on a five-year membership. It pays for itself right away. Great discounts, great services and products, a great monthly magazine, great conservative news and analysis every single day, an amazing podcast with Rebecca Weber and an opportunity to join the AMAC Action Arm and do civic duty for your country, like being an election observer or talking to members of Congress or members of your state legislature about finding solutions that make this country better. AMAC.us slash Just News. Go there today. Tell them thank you for supporting John Solomon and Just the News. And John Solomon reports and Just the News, No Noise, a television show. And join today. Your membership dollars will not only go to a great cause and you'll get a lot of benefit from them, You'll also be supporting your favorite news brand here at Just the News. All right. We'll be back with Bobby Charles, national spokesman, former congressional investigator, former clerk on a federal appeals court, and, of course, former assistant secretary of state under George W. Bush right after these messages. Folks, if you owe back taxes, fair warning, you're not going to like this. The IRS is mailing millions of pay-up letters. Millions, I say. Then it's up to the 20,000 new IRS enforcement agents to find you. Why the IRS targets you and not millionaires? Well, because millionaires have tax lawyers. You don't, you'll pay up. Plus interest and penalties. You need Tax Network USA and you need them now. Tax Network USA has brilliant war room strategies to solve your IRS problems quickly and in your favor. Like a preferred direct line to the IRS. They know which agents to deal with and who to avoid. It's not all bad news for you because Tax Network USA learned of a special limited time IRS offer. They're willing to waive $1 billion in penalties if you qualify. So schedule your free confidential consultation to see if you qualify for this limited time IRS penalty canceling offer. To do so, call 1-800-245-6000. That's 1-800-245-6000. Or visit tnusa.com slash justnews. That's tnusa.com slash justnews. All right, folks, as we draw near to another critical election, it's not only about casting your vote, it's about elevating your voice, making your voice be heard. AMAC is more than just a senior discount organization. They unite like-minded patriots like you and I, committed to preserving our cherished values and actively opposing the leftist agenda that's sweeping across America. Just look at their recent victories. AMAC members helped to push forward an investigation into practices that inflate drug prices. They successfully defeated ranked choice voting in order to protect traditional voting methods, and they've also helped block a federal takeover of elections. As AMAC's membership grows, Washington is listening. Every new member strengthens this movement. If you love America, visit AMAC, A-M-A-C dot U-S slash Just News to become a four-year member for just $30. That's a great discount. AMAC is not only better for America, it's better for you. Membership gives you access to the AMAC magazine, free Social Security and Medicare guidance, money-saving discounts, trusted news, sweepstakes, and so much more. It's a community, not a service. Take advantage of our election year sale. Four years for just $30 at AMAC. 
By joining over 2 million Americans, they can't ignore your voice in Washington anymore. Join now at AMAC, A-M-A-C dot U-S slash Just News. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S forward slash Just News. All right, folks, it's Wednesday, as you know. And what does that mean? Well, it is AMAC Wednesday, one of my favorite moments of the week where we get a great analysis of what's really going on. Maybe not the headlines you're reading in your local news, but the real story of what's happening in Washington, what's happening to your tax dollars, what's happening to your freedoms and liberties, and what is happening in the uh, election that is unfolding. And speaking of elections, well, now we got a new election for House Speaker coming up. It could be as early as next Wednesday. A lot heating up there. I thought we would turn to somebody who knows a thing or two about Capitol Hill. He was one of its most accomplished uh, investigators. He worked for two speakers over the years before going to the State Department, where he uh, worked for Secretary of State Colin Powell. Joining me right now, the national spokesman for AMAC, our good friend, and one of the most learned minds I know in Washington, Bobby Charles. Bobby, welcome back to the show. John, I always enjoy these moments, so thank you. That makes two of us. Um, before we get to the big news, we have some news between us. Uh, we, I brag often about the partnership between AMAC and Just the News. And this morning we announced a month-long town hall series, all the presidential candidates that we're going to be able to get. Uh, One-hour interviews on Real America's Voice, on Just the News, on AMAC. Myself and, of course, Rebecca Weber, the, the CEO and founder of um, AMAC. She's going to be right alongside me doing these interviews. First one Thursday night with Vivek Ramaswamy. Don't miss it. It's going to be exciting. We just finished interviewing him. People are going to love that. Um, Bobby, this is a big thing. Uh, AMAC members have a big stake in this election. They get a chance now a seat at the table to find out what these candidates think. It really is. It's an incredible opportunity, you know, and I don't know that there's been something like this before uh, prior debates, uh, even in past cycles. This is a really methodical, uh, very direct, very uh, high intensity discussion with every one of the ones that uh, obviously have stepped up to be interviewed, and that's most of them. So it's an extraordinary opportunity for AMAC and for you, John, and for Rebecca, obviously, to really people who are real interviewers, who really want to know what's going on inside the mind of a candidate and then bring it out. These could go viral. I mean, to me, these are going to be unbelievable interviews and they're going to be very candid. And of course, people being interviewed trust AMAC and they trust you and they trust Rebecca. And they and so I think this is just going to be a great series that people just need to make sure you get your you know, you may you may you know, you may or may not uh, get into some of these other programs. But this is the one where if you go to it, you're going to you're going to learn exactly what these people are thinking. Yeah, it's it's going to be exciting. And we, we just spent an hour with Vivek Ramaswamy. Everyone's going to see that Thursday night. Then we have Donald Trump on Friday. So the first two interviews are going to be really exciting. But uh, the substance was extraordinarily um, amazing. I mean, we really got into in-depth subjects. There wasn't sound bites. There wasn't personality clashes like we've seen in some of these debates. We just got people real answers to real issues that are on the front burners. Um, I'm so excited about it. You know, I think one of the you know, just a quick footnote on all this, John. And I think one of the things that people want is authenticity. They they want to see, do we really have a deep bench? If we do, how deep is it? What do they know? What don't they know? Where do they, where do they come up short? Where do they give me, give me the answer that I was hoping I would hear? And this is where you're going to hear those things. And I, I think it's great. Yeah, no, I think that's exactly right. It's going to be an extraordinary moment in, um, 
to absorb and learn and be more prepared to cast your ballot in 2024 as a result of this incredible partnership. So grateful of all the things that we get to do every day with you and the rest of the good folks, Rebecca and um, at AMAC. It's a a wonderful partnership. All right. Uh, There was a broken partnership. I'd say a divorce, a big, bitter divorce yesterday (laughs) in the House of the Representatives. Um, The first time ever a United States speaker fired by a vacate vote motion to vacate vote. Um, everybody thinks, well, this is really Matt Gates versus uh, Kevin McCarthy, or it's really just about the failure to get the spending bills done. But there are lots of layers of complexity in Congress. You know that well because you were there. Uh, what's the real story that's going on behind? What is the tension that's really behind this uh, fight over the speakership? So, you know, it's I had the privilege of working for speakers uh uh, Gingrich and Hastert, and we had in those environments, there were uh, maybe 20, 25 vote margin at times. Sometimes it went down, sometimes it went up, and we thought that was a tight margin. The vote margin of five is really an extraordinarily difficult thing for any speaker, quite frankly, to manage uh, in, in either party. But uh, the gist here is that, you know, you've got a lot, complexity is the right way to describe this, and I'm going to start big and go small. The reality is that there is a longing in America and there is also a longing in the House of Representatives for accountability. So this longing has various levels. Some people are from a safe district and they feel, well, you know, I want accountability, but I'm not really sure I'm going to put my whole career on it. Others are saying, no, I, I need accountability. I've only got so many breaths in me. I got only so many heartbeats and I and the nation is going to get them. I need to do what I can do right now to make it right. So what traditionally was happening up until this moment is the caucus between January and now was holding itself. The Republicans were holding themselves together to hold the the, the Democrats to the extent they could accountable doing oversight hearings, a number of other things. But you'll remember that the deal at the very beginning, a very difficult race because there was a question, is McCarthy really the guy? Is he conservative enough? Is he is he really more of a, I mean, I hate to say it this way, but is he more of a pretty boy or is he really willing to go out there and fight with a sword and make things happen? And to a, to a large extent, he empowered the the uh, the oversight committees. He did do a lot of things that were that were more important and meaningful. But he also signed off to some on some things at the front end that were going to be heavy lifts right from the get-go. You know, there has not been a year in which we have smoothly gotten regular order done in decades. So to say that you're going to get all 13 appropriations bills out properly without an omnibus, that is to say, without a bill that wraps them all together in one, without a CR, that is a continuing resolution that that extends the last fiscal year until you can get the next one done, was really going to be a heavy lift with a four-vote margin from the beginning. Um, And he didn't do that. Uh, Second thing, you know, there's two or three other things in there, and then you add in things like Ukraine aid, and and people began to feel that the accountability problem might actually be within the Republican Party, that we needed to hold ourselves accountable. And whether you don't like or like Matt Gates or anybody else, and, you know, there's, you know, this is a chamber full of egos. I mean, people don't get into this business if they don't have some degree of ego involved. And, and even if they're selfless, they, they, they think they can get something done with their one vote. So ultimately what transpired is that you then had a piece of the Republican caucus, five members, and probably realistically, once you saw the vote more than that, who said, you know, McCarthy has not carried the water. And there was a provision in the original agreement that said one single member, and this has never happened since the beginning of the Republic either, also rather unrealistic to think that you can survive for years in a speakership uh, with one vote to vacate the seat being all that's necessary to call a vote of the House. Uh, So 
these are difficult things for, for, for McCarthy to have carried, but I think there was a sense of disappointment that he hadn't been able to deliver on things that were even realistic, uh, in particular holding the line against uh, spending. We've got a $33 trillion debt. People attacked, Democrats attacked Ronald Reagan when he had a $1 trillion debt. And now you've got a $33 trillion debt. That What that really means is that we're spending the money that our grandchildren and our children have not yet made. And we will be dead and gone when they're still trying to pay this debt back. So we're, we're spending way beyond our means. And it's damaging the, the dollar on an international front. And it's damaging. And then, meanwhile, you know, we're allowing the Biden administration to punch $113 billion and now another $24 billion at Ukraine. While we've got people in the United States who can't pay their heating bills and are having a very hard time just getting gas to put in the car to do a commute. So I think there's a, there's a sense within the Republican caucus that they wanted to hold it accountable. Now, the slightly sad and I would even say somewhat hypocritical part of all this, and it's really hip- hypocrisy on the part of the Democrats, is that in order to oust a Republican speaker on a one vote, vacate the seat motion, they couldn't do that with the caucus itself. They they went and had asked the Democrats to join them. So the people who most disagree with the five or 10 or 20 Republicans who are most conservative were asked to vote with them in order to oust a moderate Republican. Um, Of course, that's quite hypocritical because all of those Democrats uh, don't want a more conservative speaker. They just want to highlight chaos in the Republican Party. Now, here's the good news out of all this. Um, Democracy is messy. And I think uh, Winston Churchill said something like it's the messiest. uh, It's it's the the worst form of government uh, on the planet, except for all the others. So it's going to be messy, and it is messy. What needs to come out of this is a sense from whoever the next speaker is that holding that caucus together with a more conservative frame of reference, trying to bring moderates to a higher level of awareness that this accountability issue within the caucus really matters. Accountability to whom? To the American people, because all of them are just working for us. So that's going to be the first priority. And maybe a new speaker is a little more sensitive to the idea that or a little more aware and accountable to the idea that the average American does not want massive spending on anything. They don't want more covid masks. They don't want more any federal government intrusion. They don't want them telling them they can't drive a pickup truck with a snowplow on it that sucks gas because they've got to drive an electric, you know, uh, Tonka toy. They, They don't want to hear that. They don't want to hear any of that. And so to some extent, maybe the caucus and the speaker speaker become more accountable. Number two, we have to get order in the House. Literally, you got to you got to get a speaker quickly. You got to move it forward or else the Democrats who think this is all about chaos win and their messaging because the, becomes the Republicans can't keep their house together. The last thing is, if they pick someone like Scalia, I'm not Scalia, if the uh, uh, Scalise, uh, I love Scalia, Scalise. You have an individual here who has and I and I hear his name being bandied about and I really love it because I think you have someone who has incredible authenticity, incredible courage, very hard to buck. This is a guy who loves the country, who almost got killed for his love of the country, who suffered back with incredible poise and grace and honor and dignity. And by God, that's what we need in a Speaker of the House. So I don't think it was a happy process. I think it was a bit of sausage making, but I do think in the end, the House will be better for it. And I hope and pray they are. All right, folks, don't go anywhere. More of our exclusive interview with Bobby Charles right after these messages. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? 
Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. All right, folks, welcome back. More of our exclusivity with Bobby Charles. I wanted to uh, turn to another issue that I think is on a lot of people's minds. And and I think uh, we see all the bad behavior in the uh, Democratic Party now being affirmed with evidence, right? You've got the Hunter Biden, Joe Biden thing. Okay, we got that. You got James Biden admitting they knew they were working with a Chinese company and taking money from it, even though it was tied to the Chinese premier. Uh, but there is a uh, more recent episode that I think is so extraordinary. You have a Democratic congressman who, in the middle of the budget votes, decided to pull a fire alarm. And his excuse is he thought that was the button to open the door. Um, how does Congress deal with the Jamal Bowman situation? You know, I think it reveals I always look <clears throat> not not every individual event is indicative of a trend or, or a, a larger problem. But I think that one may be we, we have here in that individual essentially an anxious, uh, panicky, at the same time, partisan uh, by every indication sort of uh, lost his mind for a moment. And, and the problem we've got is that, that members of Congress and, and there are some Republicans as well as Democrats are not demonstrating the kind of maturity that was expected of them by our founders. You know, when you think about the the uh, the cornerstones, if you will, to the republic, you're talking about people like John Adams and people like Thomas Jefferson and James Madison. OK, we are expecting we have, we have every right to expect even in this moment. And in fact, especially in moments of crisis, we have every right to expect that we will see mature leadership in the federal government and in particular mature leadership that understands that problems do get solved that panic is a bad is a bad strategy it's almost as bad as the the hope strategy I, i think in the end what we're seeing is a lack of maturity and i think what i guess most people see in that kind of thing is someone who um you know, he, he, he shouted firing in his, in his own theater. I mean, he, he, a, a guy that really isn't with it. And, you know, you look at others, you know, we've got, we've got people like Fetterman in the, in the, in the chamber. We've got people, I mean, I'm, I'm sorry to see Feinstein, you know, I'm sorry that she died, but we, we have people who really are not up to the game playing in the game. And I think one of the things we have to do as Americans is understand that the, the collective um, voice and the collective policymaking of our country depend on us speaking up when we see things that are just not right. And and I think a lack of maturity in this chamber is a, is a, is a, is a problem. And, and I, I see, 
you know, you just have to think about the people that you respect in your life. And every listener here has people they respect in their lives. And by the way, people we've respected in public service. I I personally respect Ronald Reagan and George Herbert Walker Bush and Colin Powell, whose hero was uh, George C. Marshall. I mean, there are people you can say, well, they weren't conservative enough or they weren't this enough or they weren't that enough. But in the end, they were mature decision makers. They didn't panic under fire. And what we need is people who say the future of the country matters. It requires sober decision making. It requires solvency. It requires adherence to the Constitution. It requires respect for the rule of law. And by rule of law, we mean respect for law, because law is a reflection of the public view of what's right and wrong. And so if you have leaders who disrespect law, disrespect rules and panic, well, you're not being led by a good group. Yeah, no, that's such a such a well put um, message that we all should take to heart at this moment. You look out over the field; it looks like right now a Scalise uh, uh, Emmer ticket would be uh, one choice that uh, we're going to have. Then a Jim Jordan, sort of the firebrand ticket on the other side. How does that play out when you handicap this? You know, the the thing about speakers, and I've watched two speakers races unfold and then work for them. I, I think. First of all, it is a team. You're right to mention team because you you not only have a speaker, but you you go down through, you have a majority leader, you have a whip, you have a chief deputy whip. And these people are all important and they have to see eye to eye. They they can't be, you know, it it doesn't help if there's if there's tension within that group. Um, And and so, you know, one of the things you want to see is a unified group of people who, in this case, hopefully are slightly more conservative, but are also good communicators and are respected by their fellow members. And again, I come back to Scalise because. I, I don't know how someone doesn't respect that guy. Yeah. He's got a powerful story and he's a very strong conservative. You know, when you look at him historically, he has stuck to his guns on, on principles. Yeah, he has. So, you know, look, competition is a good thing. It's a good thing in the private sector. It's a good thing in politics. It generates hopefully better, better, better outcomes and better, better people, um, better end games. But I, I think that uh, I, I think one of the things we have to do is recognize that, Time is its own opportunity cost. And if we let this drag on, then you're going to come to the end of a 45-day uh, continuing resolution. You're not going to have, if you're on your 36th ballot for speaker and you haven't, you can't even negotiate with Democrats, we got a problem. So you got to get this thing done. You know, there's an old adage out in the field and country music makes something of it. But up here in Maine, we do too. And it's just get her done. So let's get her done and get a good, good, good team in there and start moving forward. Uh, That is exactly the right message that we all need to embrace. Uh, I want to ask one last question before we wrap up for the day. There is in the body of evidence now more and more evidence that uh, when the president fired the Ukraine prosecutor Shokin, that uh, there was an investigation contrary to what the media and Democrats told us. There was pressure on Hunter Biden to take care of the problem with Shokin. Uh, and there was uh, an initial recommendation to uh, President, Vice President Biden that they should keep Shokin. And he had met enough of the conditions of reform uh, that the billion-dollar loan guarantee that Joe Biden held should be given. So he acted against the policy recommendation. His son was being pressured to take care of this prosecutor. And contrary to what we were told in the Biden impeachment, um, uh, over the Trump impeachment of 2019, uh, there really was an investigation of Burisma ongoing that Burisma considered a threat to its future. Um, so much has changed. The 2019 um, impeachment narrative that was imposed on the American people has really unraveled on so many different fronts. Even the Washington Post has to acknowledge that with its fact checker. Um, how big a deal is it that something we thought we put to bed four years ago may ultimately become the grounds for impeaching the current president? 
Well, I think, John, it goes back to this idea of accountability. I mean, seven ways from Sunday. So not only do we need to keep this current president accountable for his bad behaviors as a vice president and his greed and his dishonesty and that of his family, but you go back and there's another layer layer of accountability. And that is that, you know, many of those that were involved in that Trump impeachment probably knew from the get go. Some didn't. Some did that. This was a fallacious. This was a uh, uh, just a, a put up job. And and of course, they didn't care because they didn't like Donald Trump as a man. But but the bottom line is there's accountability missing for all that era, too. And if you unwind that, you know, it's like pulling the threads out of a sweater. Now you get back to Hillary Clinton. Now you get back to her briefing Obama that this is what they were going to do. They were going to set up the collusion initiative. And of course, that, you know, you could sort of game theory that out and see if you got enough, uh, you know, you, you got enough bubbles on the surface that you could somehow say there was something there. And now you go and do an impeachment. So how many of these people will never be held accountable, unfortunately, because, you know, time has passed and, uh, you know, it's very disturbing. And I think as you look forward, I think what you have to do is recognize that in this current moment, and maybe this is the kernel of the thing, in this current moment, we have a man serving as president that his, you know, his uh, mental acuity notwithstanding, we have a man serving as president who clearly was involved. He had the motive to be involved in greed and dishonesty and sale of his office. He has actions that he has actually admitted on the record support the conclusion that he did. And you have outcomes in the form of tons of whistleblowers now and documents and bank accounts and money being racked up for reasons that have not. The real thing here is not to ask, is there evidence of his guilt? There is overwhelming evidence of his guilt. The question is, where is the evidence of his innocence? And I see none. Yeah, that is the problem. And also really a clear evidence that he told the American people a false story just to get elected. Uh, So many of the things he declaratively made, including destroying people's reputations in so doing, now have been um, repudiated by the evidence. And so it's pretty remarkable to see um, the the statements he made clearly are falsehoods now, and and they were falsehoods at the time. Very disheartening. They were falsehoods at the time. And to me, that's the distinguishing. That's the critical piece right there, John. When at first someone loses any respect for truth, law and rules, uh, then Katie bar the door. At that point, it's it's the ends justify the means. And it only then becomes a, a play act. I mean, now they're just covering up the lies that they've that they that they've promulgated to get into power. So I think the good news again, and I try to look for good news Ronald Reagan always looked for good news. And, um, you know, the good news is that the American people are smart. And I mean, even a lot of the Democrats and independents that we don't give credit to. And and they look at this and they say, you know what, I'm just tired of an unaccountable government. I, I don't want you know, I want my economy to work. I want my foreign policy to work. I want these people who are in government to understand they work for me. I want them to love the country I love. I want them to think about it the way my grandparents thought about it. And I'm sick and tired of people abusing me and abusing their position and selling their position and profiting from something that was a a, a trust vested in them. And I, I think that's sort of a, if I were to say, what's the rumble in the rails, that seems to me an awful, awful lot like what I'm hearing. Yeah, no, it, it, I think you're right on the money. That is exactly what we're seeing. And the American people are smart enough to absorb it and make good decisions because of it. Part of the reason is they get such amazing opportunities to learn from AMAC. Folks, if you want to join Bobby and me and Rebecca and you want to support a group that just made this presidential town hall series we're going to do on Real America's Voice possible, 
Go join AMAC today. It's a simple thing to do. You go to amac.us. That's amac.us slash just news. You're going to get a discount even on the membership. If you match me on my five-year membership, go do that. You're going to get discounts and uh, deals that will instantly pay back whatever you pay for your membership fee, whether it's one, three, or five years. Uh, and then you begin to really appreciate what AMAC does every day, the news and analysis from such keen minds like Bobby. Uh, the Monthly Magazine, which is one of my favorite reads. It's replaced Time Magazine for me when it comes to the house. I love it. Uh, and then the opportunity to do something of civic good for your country uh, through the AMAC action arm where you can be an election observer or uh, contact legislatures and members of Congress and regulatory bodies to try to get the right policies in place for the next generation of Americans. That's what AMAC offers. It isn't a, uh, it isn't just a service. It isn't just a group. It is a community of like-minded Americans. Go join them today. Go join Bobby and me, uh, amac.us slash just news. Easy to remember. Say thank you for their support of Just the News. Bobby, we love having you on. A lot of bright analysis today. Next week, we'll probably be able to, um, by next Wednesday, build up uh, kind of handicap where the final race is going to be. It looks like the vote will be next Wednesday is what we're hearing. So uh, pretty interesting week to have you back on next week. Sounds great, John. And I, I just want to remind people, too, that if you have questions about whether it's economically worthwhile to join AMAC, I'll just tell you something. For a dollar and a quarter a month, you get things that even on the financial side come back to you. You'll make it back in a, in a month or two. I mean, it's unbelievable. I mean, $16. And, and you might even make it back in one visit to the grocery store or a hotel or a travel environment or something else, or a dentist. And and so it's it's got its own value right there. But then I would also note that 25% of our members at AMAC are veterans. And those are people who signed that page two and said, I'm stepping up for my country. And, and about 75% of AMAC membership has a veteran somewhere in the family. So we have we have uh, resources for veteran benefits. There's an entire foundation associated with that. And then finally, if you have any concerns about Social Security, they have a go-to. Uh, once you're a member, you can call anytime you want and get detailed backup on what you need relative to Social Security. And they have people who are there helping on that front. So, I, you know, if, if there's one really good deal in America, today that's true and honest and gives you a good return on your investment, I, I would say it's AMAC. Yeah, I couldn't agree more with you. I, I tested it myself. Can I really save some money when I do it? And the answer is absolutely you can. It's an amazing uh, amazing investment, but also an investment in the future of our country. Bobby, we love having you on. We'll get you back on next week. A busy, uh, busy time in Washington and in the future of our country. Thank you, sir. Thanks, my friend. All right, folks, that wraps up another edition of John Solomon Reports. Remember, it's AMAC Wednesday. If you want to say thank you to AMAC, go to amac.us slash just news. Sign up today for a membership. Match me on my five-year membership. It will pay for itself several times over just for the discounts, not to mention all of the great intelligence, news, analysis, magazines, podcasts, and civic opportunities you're going to get by being one of the more than 2 million members of AMAC, the Association for Mature American Citizens. All right, folks, that wraps up today's edition. God bless you. Have a great night. We'll be back tomorrow with more programming. At Just the News, we break the stories others in the media ignore or are too afraid to tell. We did it on Russia collusion, Hunter Biden, and the security and intelligence failures that preceded January 6th. Our stories have real impact and reach because we stick to the facts. I'm John Solomon. You can help me expand our honest, unvarnished, and unbiased reporting by becoming a premium member at Just the News. You'll get an ad-free experience and exclusive member-only access to events, and you'll be helping us dig up more truth. Join today at justthenews.com slash subscribe. 
Hey there, it's Amanda Head, and I am thrilled to introduce to you my new exciting podcast, Furthermore, with Amanda Head, broadcasting weekly from sunny Los Angeles, California, and brought to you by the dynamic Just the News Podcast Network. On this fresh and engaging podcast, I delve into the latest news with a little bit of a twist, exploring the furthermore of every story. But this isn't your typical run-of-the-mill news commentary or politically charged program. I interview a diverse range of guests, including business leaders, entertainers, musicians, educators, experts, politicians, and many influential figures from both the United States and around the world. So why not make your Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays a little more interesting? Tune in on your preferred podcast platform and discover furthermore with Amanda Head on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. And don't forget to hit that follow or subscribe button and be sure to download the latest episodes. I can't wait to have you join me on this exciting journey.